The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Friday, twenty second of May. The Fujicast. Welcome to the uh, the once weekly, now daily uh, Fujicast show uh, for anybody who's a photographer. Whether you're a Fuji film shooter, of of course, yes, there's lots in it for you. But also, if you shoot another flavour of camera, very you know the various genres, then you you're all very very welcome. <laughs> there's oh. a massive lorry going by. My I house. can hear. Look, what I'm just about to say hello, Kev, and look, you're a massive lorry in the background. Has it? gone you know ferries i think it's delivering a boat <laughs> is it it should not be here this is a very low weight road is it uh, do you want to go outside and tell them off say oi take license plate number and tell him off yeah. mullins of malmesbury here don't use my road not my backyard is he gone now <laughs> yeah he has gone yeah all right how are you all right yeah i'm okay good 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 i was just wondering when we go back to weekly yeah are you going to start every show by saying the weekly podcast that once was daily (laughs) (laughs) that's what we should do the once daily now weekly yeah oh blimey what's going on there i'm going to shut my window (laughs) probably a good idea (laughs) is he reversing there we go sorry the weird things um that will return when you get back to recording in this studio number one nobody's going to be coming in to use the loo all the time number two git and uh, breezy aren't going to be scratching at the door what are, what else what other advantages are there uh well we get to see each other well, that's Ooh. true Is, um, we, we're, we should start doing the show in kind of lockdown mode though shouldn't we sit in the garden with uh, i'll set up the outside broadcast microphones we can have it with a beer Oh, it's an incredible day today as well. Oh, no, look at it, eh? Like yeah. the never-ending summer. I had a, a note here earlier on. This is from my um, from, from the guy that runs the gym just, just down the road from here. He's obviously not working at the moment, but he was sending me some stuff. He said, COVID-19 facts you might want for your podcast. Here's a gym owner now who's a photography podcast listener. <laughs> uh, from Chris, the virus can travel two metres. It cannot travel 2.1 metres. It can live on all surfaces except anything that comes from Amazon. It does not live in Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Tesco's, Aldi's, Lidl or any supermarket. It can't live on your food if you have it as a takeaway. It's only (laughs) deadly in restaurants, bars, this is why I sent it to me, and gyms. (laughs) Original source, Tracy, Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's very true, isn't it? It's all oh, very confusing. It is a bit confusing. We've got more announcements to come, of course, haven't we? I, I think yeah. very, very soon. People are just ignoring everything now. I think. Oh, I hope not. You know, that's we don't want it to reverse and go back the other way again, do we? Uh, yeah, we want some stage to come out the other way. But on, on that note, by the way, Ray Rhodes from um, uh, it, would, would I pronounce it Ajax in Ontario, or, or would it be Ajax in Ontario, Canada? <laughs> No, hey, I thought AX was in Holland. Uh, that's right, but I'm, I'm wondering if we have the fancy Dutch um, sort of pronunciation in, in Ontario, but there we go. Anyway, uh, from Ray Rhodes, love you guys, love the show, yada, yada, yada. Oh, by the way, Kev, on that note, we've had a bit of merch sent in. Ooh, sounds um, exciting. La, um, yeah, where have I put it? It's uh, over here. Let me hold it up for you. What do you <laughs> think of that? Oh, yeah, that's great. That is beautiful. I, just, I love the way they've managed to shape that thing into that orientation. I'll just push it through the microphone. Hold on. There we go. You're in. <laughs> oh. um, this is from Steve Brand. Hello once more. I know we bounced a few emails around about this, um, but uh, just so you have a taste on what it might look like when I printed up a small logo size on a, on a, on a spare black T-shirt. It's the first uh, official yada, yada, yada T-shirt. <laughs> oh, I send you... Is it- is it extra, extra, extra large? Well, yeah, for me, you're all right. You're you're still a ten, ten kilograms less than me easily. But so I, I'll uh, I'll send you a picture of that so you can see it. Thank you, Steve. We'll we'll uh, we'll have a chat about that. 
Anyway, so from from Ray Rhodes, love you guys, love the show, yada yada yada. Um, Ontario, Canada is just entering stage one COVID nineteen reopening, and I thought this might be of interest to you both. Filming or other on site activities, especially those that require the gathering of workers, performers, or others, are not permitted to resume in stage one. Which makes me think weddings are going to be much further down the line, says Ray. What do you think? I mean, I know you don't know Canadian law, but similar kind of things here, do you think? Yeah, I think pretty much all of the Western countries are going to follow each other, aren't they? You know, generally, not not exclusively, but generally. And it makes sense, doesn't it? You don't want a whole team of, um, uh, vi- you know, f- filmmakers and crew and all that kind of stuff getting together. Uh, likewise, you don't want... 120 people dancing together at a wedding party because mm. you know the thing is no matter how, how how many people say oh we promise we will stay two minutes apart at this wedding you know it's important they get married they love each other and we will we will honor everything mm. throw a couple of champagnes at them and yeah. they'll be boogieing with each other and bumping bums and grinding and all sorts what kind of weddings do you go to the best ones <laughs> i've never seen them grinding bums at each other Oh, really? No. Haven't you been to the uh, grinding bum wedding? No, I've obviously missed out the grinding bums wedding genre. Is it a, a private part on your website that I've not seen? You must be search engine optimising for it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what would happen. Yeah, that, that's true. And I sp- you're right, after a couple of glasses, there might be this, oh, go on, Auntie Moore, come here, have a hug. Yeah. It's bound yeah. to happen, isn't Grind it? Grind my bum. Uh, Terry in Tennessee Dear Kevin Neal, I'll miss the dailies but I'll be happier knowing that all of our friends in the UK are out and about again especially with their cameras I have a Squarespace site now this is terryprice.net if you want to go and look at it and have created a very basic portfolio that needs a lot of work I was able to get an initial smug mug site at the discount I've learned that you can integrate the smug mug into your Squarespace so my question is should I work harder on redesigning and maintaining my design on the current website or integrate the smug mug so far, I found that the smug mug, I love saying that word, seems easy to use and looks very nice. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't use smug mug, although I know it's very good. And I would suggest probably the smug mug stuff is very good for selling. So if you're selling prints and yeah, selling frames yeah. and stuff like that, then, uh, you know, you can you can do that kind of stuff in Squarespace, but it's awkward yeah. and it doesn't hook up directly with a lab. So if you can embed your merchandise part of your website via smug mug directly into Squarespace, presumably this is a technical warning presumably this is why it's something known as iframes yeah. then uh, then then yeah just do it that that sounds sounds a lot of sense um so i use uh, zenfolio which is similar to, to smog mug yeah. um and i use and pick pick time is the one i use but there's the three of them yeah so they're all very similar and and you know that their benefits really the, the beauty of those uh, systems is that they can expedite all the orders directly to the to the printers uh, so the labs, I don't. Whenever I get a, a, a sale, a print sale or anything like that, I, I don't even see it. I don't. I just see the money. That's it. It's all I'm interested in seeing the money. <laughs> Show me the money, uh, Mike Mullaney. There's a couple of website ones in here. Sort of, um, uh, sort of mopping up from the, the website one of last week. Um, he was looking forward to the, the website. Is he, Mike? You still get your question read. Um, my question is, what does the performance part of the Lighthouse report relate to? Now, when I saw this, Kev, I thought, what is he talking about? <laughs> I've run it on my own site, Neil's. Oh, don't do that, please. Emily's, the Ministry of Shadows. And for each of those, it's in the red, with other sections being really high, orange and green. 
Mm. Mine must, must have been the red one, I assume. The websites all appear to perform very well when looking at them on my phone or computer. I know next to nothing about websites, but remember, Kev, you mentioned it at the ex-weddings conference. What on earth is he talking about? Okay, so Lighthouse is essentially the Google PageSpeed test that we spoke about before is backed off what's known as the Lighthouse tests. So the Lighthouse tests are a little bit more detailed. Um, I, I, it's probably not even worth me explaining how you run these things because it's, it's way overkill for for everybody right. however if you want to explore it search lighthouse test speed test in, in google um, and really what it does is it breaks down things into more um, organic points if you like in terms of speed and you can do things like process this report based on 4g based on 5g even based on unthrottled wi-fi based on uh, tablet, laptop, all that kind of stuff. So, And it will it will show you where the, the bottlenecks are in the loading of your websites. And the fact is that I think, you know, certainly Ministry of Sound is a Squarespace site. So Ministry of Shadows, Kev. You, you keep, I think you keep thinking God, you've become a DJ. I'm going to get in trouble one DJ day. So Kev, DJ Ministry Kev. of Shadows. <laughs> Ministry of Shadows is a Squarespace site, yes. so, which isn't traditionally particularly great at, at that stuff. But as, as Mike just alluded to, actually the user interface and the the heuristics of the website in terms of moving around it and the speed that it comes up on the website on the browser is more important in many cases than than getting those extra teeny weeny little bits of um of green in your in your report right. you do want it to load as fast as possible but not to the not to the detriment of user experience all right josh sal just just the last one by the way before we go to some um, some questions that are not a non-website related check out fuel your photos on this on all the social media for for great wedding photography perspectives on seo these guys are adamant that um that squarespace whilst a good platform has some fatal flaws that affect seo performance and as kev mentions page speed yeah i would definitely not use the word fatal at all because no. you squarespace is is better in many ways than wordpress for seo and in other ways it's not so what what yeah. bits is it better at for for seo well, you can't you can't clutter up the code for the start. Right. You you install a plugin on WordPress and boom, you've got a whole load more code. Oh God, yeah. You then might start relying on caches and you know various things like that, which then actually in, in their own rights can cause problems because they can they can uh, fill up your storage space with cache files and everything. So Squarespace is is a lot cleaner. Let's just put it that way. But generally, performance wise, WordPress will be better. Mm. Um, however, it's certainly not. I wouldn't use the word fatal. Mm. And uh, you know, I I use Squarespace for a lot of my websites. Yeah. It's, it's good, better in many respects. Yeah, uh, and you can go plug-in crazy, can't you? Really? I know I did with one of my sites. A plug into this, and and then then they all start start. You know, certainly some of the sound ones started interfering with each other. And before I knew it, some people were saying, "Well, this works on Safari, but it doesn't work on you know," and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. uh, Gunnar Isaacson has sent us quite a long mail, so bear with me on this one, Kev. But thank you for the past 60-plus days of podcast, chaps. After the lock-up started, I, be- I began listening to the podcast almost exclusively, as yours was the only one that hit the airways on the same day it was recorded and balanced the need not to dwell on the beastie outside, but still talk very openly about it. And by doing so, you provided me with a great deal of comfort and companionship. Well, if it has done that, from fabulous. Thank you. For some inexplicable reason, I found myself wanting to know how things have been going on in the UK. Um, He comes from New York. It's a funny old bond that we have, isn't it? 
Um, although, I've, I, although I've taken photos for many years, things got serious last year when I invested in that lovable brick known as the Nikon D750. Gunner, you know since listening to this show that it's not pronounced like that. Nikon. Nikon is the... Nikon. Nikon. Um, D750 and the 70 to 200mm 2.8 in order to capture our lads' lacrosse highlights. Six months later... Intrigued enough to purchase a used Fuji X-T1 in order to have a lighter walk-around camera and, uh, and to see what all the Fuji buzz was about. Since then, I purchased a 16mm standby cave. Here comes a question. 1.4, 23 f2, 1855, 2.8. Uh, my question is, updating to an X-T2, 3 or 4, will be somewhat expensive, but in your own words, what joy awaits me if I take that plunge and update to each of these more modern bodies? Take one at a time, Kev, and take your time. So he's on. He's on the X. He's on the XT one. Should he uh, updating to an XT two, three, or four? Well, I mean, obviously you're going to suggest a four, aren't you? If you can afford it. Well, I, I, as I always say with things like this, and you know, this is this is where the uh, uh, the guys that look after the ambassadorial scheme in, in Tokyo probably go. Which he wouldn't say this, but if you if you're getting the pictures you need from your XT one, there's no need to upgrade, Kevin. It's true. No, shh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If, you, if you're happy with what you're getting from your X-T1, then mm. stick with it. No, stick go and buy an X-T4. <laughs> Have two. <laughs> but Have yeah, three I mean, and a course, fourth. If you, want, <laughs> if you want a camera that's, uh, that's more, much more advanced, better at yeah. uh, filming, yeah. faster autofocus, bigger center, all of that stuff, then yeah, X-T4. I mean, I, wouldn't, I don't see much point in going from X-T1 to X-T3 no. when... T4 is only a few hundred pounds more. Of course, that few hundred pounds might be a huge difference. So I would probably go to the XT4 if I, you know, if I had to. Um, that said, I don't have an XT4. I've got an XT3 and an XT2. Well, mm. I've got two XT3s. I've got three XT2s, and I've got two XT1s. And one. a partridge in a pear tree. But the XT2 yeah. is a, is a mammoth leap from the one anyway, wasn't it? I remember going from the one to the two and thinking, "Whoa, this is a bit different." Yeah, yeah, that was that was a big big old leap up and then the xt2 to the xt3 perhaps wasn't such a huge leap although it was you know a lot better but then the xt3 to the xt4 is, is another oh, leap yeah. up again um in terms of although that you know the xt3 and xt4 are the same sensor but the the performance and the various other um gubbins that are in there are, are you know a kind of big step up i think especially if you want to think about doing things like film yeah uh, well the four with, with all the having that um image stabilized um, system as well it's a bit of a bit of a no-brainer i think if you're thinking between the three and four surely isn't it so, mm -hmm. yeah. um also he says what kind of uh, photographer would the x pro series attract so i think he's got a, um, a, a sort of marked interest in this versus the xt i frankly don't see the attraction of a rangefinder camera what is it kev that i'm missing well it's very it's just subjectivity really i prefer the x pro range you prefer the xt range Boom, yeah. that's it. It's, yeah. There's no there's no case of what you're missing. I would just pick up the X-Pro over the X-T any, any day of the week. In terms of the physical differences, there's few, but there are some that are quite substantial in that the, um, the X-Pro range obviously has the optical viewfinder, which is if you can if you can use it, and it's essentially the same as using a, a you know a, a mirror to camera like a DSLR, you will be able to shoot quicker with mm -hmm. it because the uh, there's the, even though the lag is a lot less these days, there's there's like zero lag. Um, you'll be able to shoot probably a little bit more quicker in in very low light. Um, you know, you also have the with the X Pro range, you have the um, the, the size 
is smaller in terms of the shape of it i suppose you've got your viewfinder on the left hand side which means that you know you can shoot in a with both eyes open as mm -hmm. i often do so you know you can it's a much more organic way of shooting i think with the x pro range mm. but really they're both the same inside well when you said at the end i, I would say video is not irrelevant i think uh, I, I i forgot to read that bit out if you were if when you place that in the sentence then i would say it's got to be an xt really because i think it's a in in terms of using it in, a, in a hybrid sense then mm, no i don't think x pro is a very good video camera at all personally no, it's not aimed at video. Uh, X-Pro3 does have 4K and all that kind of stuff, but it's not. It doesn't have the same capabilities no, no, at all no. as the XT or even the XH. Uh, anyway, that's uh, thank you. F future friend of the show has just in invented a new category, Gunnar mm -hmm. Isaacston. Nice, nice to hear from you, Gunnar. Um, what have we got here? Uh, oh, one from our good old friend. Guess who? And that's all I had to say about that. Tim? No, Alan Gump. Gump, the Gump. Honestly, Kev, keep up. The Gump. I was thinking about this uh, this morning, concluding that while the dailies have been a diversion for you and a service to us, you and Kev would, would, would sooner rather than later need to start feeding the, uh, seeding the fields for business. I like that expression, seeding the fields for business. My wife and I have been in shutdown mode since March 15, mainly because of my age and therefore being at greater risk. She's done all the food shopping. She's glad to get out of the house. Early on, I took a week's vacation and did a silent seven-day sitting meditation in our clothes closet <laughs> in lieu of a retreat I'd scheduled at a Buddhist retreat centre. You really doing this stuff, Gump? <laughs> Things are just starting to ease up just north of San Francisco, but we still can't go to the coast or our favourite open space preserves. Fortunately, we live in a set-apart community in a wildland urban interface. What the heck is a wildland urban interface, Kev? <laughs> I'm guessing that's not the same as council estate over here. No. <laughs> We're, uh, this is obviously sort of a large area where you can go and just play ball or whatever. whatever you do. I mean, we used to call it a wreck. Do you remember? Yeah, a wreck. Yeah. Can you imagine saying to your mates, I'm just heading out to the Wildland Urban Interface, chaps. Anybody want to come and play? <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway, yeah. huge thank you to Kev and yourself for the past 60 days. Plus, they've been real spirit lifters. I look forward to the weeklies now. Uh, we love Alan, don't we? The yeah, of course we do. We love the Gump. He's, I, I hope he's still not sitting in that closet, though. <laughs> um, this is from uh, Chris Kit Griffin in Vancouver. Uh, he sent quite a lot of questions in here, so I'm, I might not do them all. I might save some up here, but we'll we'll whisk through these as the last ones on the show today. Uh, tripods, chaps, your thoughts and recommendations re regarding tripods for travellers. Now, you're not a great tripod user, are you, to be honest? No, I I do have some. I've got the, uh, the li, 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 that one. <laughs> I'm just trying to look at the one I've got in the background here, Kev, so I can give you a model number. Keep What's it. the really famous make of tripods? Manfrotto. Yes, it's one of them. Yeah. It's quite an expensive one, and I think it's got something called an RC head on it which always makes me laugh when I say that. RC320 rings a bell, however, might not be. It's got a handle, so I can move it like a um, fluid head with for filming. Oh, nice. Manfrotto 55 is the one I've got in the corner over there. I've had that donkey's years. An ex yeah. bought that for me. That lasted longer than one of my, my second longest relationship. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I'm really sorry. We probably aren't the right people to be asking about 
But I, I think that is a great new uh, line, though, isn't it? For, for Manfrotto. It lasted longer than my second longest relationship. And I've always thought <laughs> I should write an email to Manfrotto and say, you shouldn't really call your heads arsey. <laughs> no. That just does not sound right. <laughs> no, it doesn't, does it? Um, if given some time to travel, COVID aside, and with that tripod you recommended, so Kev's taking his arsey, <laughs> where would you go and what would you photograph? I'd love to go back to Japan. Oh, I'd like to go really remote out to we spoke about this the other day out to Hebrides or you know somewhere somewhere really really remote but it ha- would have to be people there because I'm only interested in the people I'm sorry for all the people who love puffins and all that kind of stuff I'd like to go you know there was this beautiful story on the just before lockdown or just around lockdown and it was the Outer Hebrides or one of the Hebridean islands where it was all about the jumpers they wear and this photographer in the oh, back yeah. in the 70s yeah, and 60s yeah. had photographed all the people um it, it might be in the Isle of Arran, actually. It is, I think who, it is, yeah, yeah. Who uh, And they all wear, obviously, these jumpers because of mm. the wool up there. Mm. And and to them, these, these jumpers are like family heirloom, pullovers, basically, mm. for yeah. people who are not in the UK, jumpers and pullovers. Uh, and they, these things are like family heirlooms and these beautiful, beautiful pictures of people wearing these really, really colourful and woolen and, you know, some of them were huge, some of them had been around for about 300 years. It was great. I'd love to do something like that. Yeah, that was there was a, funnily enough, there was an exhibition that uh, when I went to do a sh- uh, the uh, not so much a show but recording an interview recording, which is still to come out with um, John Swanell. We went. Um, it was somewhere close to the Lake District. They had an exhibition on which it might have featured that photographer. I don't know because there was a huge exhibition on about the people that make the uh, the jumpers as well and, yeah, and their life and, and the the houses they lived in. And it was a really interesting one. Hmm. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll dig it out and yeah. put it in the show notes on the on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, gas. G A S. Gear acquired syndrome. I'm assuming he means that by that. Are there any items, Kev, Neil, that you wish you hadn't bought? <laughs> that's, that's a long list. I'll just open my cupboard ju- just here. Kit and I, I can... There we go. What have I got in here? Uh, oh, there's lots of uh, lead jacks. There's a Sekonic, um C500R colour meter there, which I hardly ever use. What have you got, Kev? What have you bought that you didn't, didn't need? Uh, I've bought loads. It's mostly to do with filming. I've bought gimbals and... Yeah. I bought things for my phone that was going to make my iPhone videography amazing. Yeah. I've microphones that I've never used, uh, mostly because you told me to buy them. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got all I've got hard drives that uh, you know just I bought them because they were just cheap and yeah. never needed them. Uh, I've got all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, I did do a, a big um, sell off of all my old camera gear before lockdown so most of that stuff's gone the stuff i don't need any longer but yeah all kinds of things i've even got this uh what would you call it i'm not uh, uh, they call it a dolly is that what they call it which allows you to slide your, your camera up and down on this, have, this you got, kind of- have you got a rail system as well rail yeah no way right. you've got a whole dolly rail system yeah, but it's, it's it's electric, so you just you plug it in, and it does it really smoothly. Oh, no, do you mean uh, like a, a slider? No, you don't mean a huge rail system now. You mean a slider, don't you? Electric slider you've got. Yeah. Can I borrow that from you sometime? You can gather dust yeah. here instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just need I'd have to unbox it, of course. Oh, God. oh look, head, headphones. I've got so many headphones. Here's just another pair of Sony's. I've got, well, this is a Godox um, X-Pro. It's one of those uh, farers for the uh, for flash when it's off your, when you don't want it on a lead. I've never made it work. It's got so many buttons on it, you'd need to be able to fly the space shuttle to understand it. So I don't need that. What's this in here? Did you say I borrowed your 27mm, by the way? 
um possibly oh i've got it here I it is see, I, You've got my 27. Yeah, I think you did borrow that. Yeah. And my it's, 60 mil. And, I, and, and have you got my 35 as well? No, you keep asking me about that. I don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> How much time would you allow yourself to edit, edit an image that's important but needs work, i.e. value against time? Oh, see, now here's the man that's just released presets, uh, which, are, which are, well, you're inclined to sort of cut down a little bit on the time when you use a preset, aren't you? Yeah, it depends what you mean by edit, I suppose. If it's a, you know, if you're doing a landscape and it's a fine art image and you're you're going to be touching up kind of specks of dust in the sky and maybe you're going to be, you know, sh- retouching shadows and stuff like that, then I guess that's different. But I, I literally never do that. So mm. for me, it's a case of converting it to black and white, correcting the exposures, uh, and that's it. I might do, you know, I've never, ever, like, edit things out. I'm looking at a picture now on my, my website and it's, uh, a wedding picture and there's a you know there's a, a plug socket on the wall and so it's not me i don't i don't go and do that i don't remove things like that not that that's right or wrong but did, it's just did, like would, would would you have been more inclined to have done that when you were working using photoshop as your main um editing software than light lightroom i've never used photoshop oh, as you're not? Oh, okay. right. no no i've always i've used lightroom since well version one even before version one because i remember kind of um, there was this thing I, I'd subscribed. I'd bought a long time ago. I bought the, the uh, what do they call it? The Adobe, it wasn't called, oh, Creative Suite. Creative Suite, yeah. It cost me two and a half grand. All right. And I registered it. And I used it. I used it mostly for the web design stuff. And, and I used it. And then part of that was a, a, a letter. It was a letter, not even an email, a letter that came out and said, um, you know, you seem to be interested in photography products. Do you want to test this um, thing we've got coming called Lightroom? So I was like, yeah, okay. So I had a look at that. So even before Lightroom version one, and so Lightroom was always my tool of choice for mm. weddings when that came along, yeah. Do you know, I know it surprises some people, but I, we only moved over, I say we loosely now, it's I, moved over to uh, Lightroom only three years ago, I think, ish. Prior to that, everything, everything that came out of, of this building was Photoshop. In fact, it took me ages to understand the cataloging system. It just seemed just totally counterintuitive to me as you well know because i think i used to bore you to death with it um well, what ones uh, there's a couple on here that we have answered a few times of late um do you calibrate your monitor and how often yes usually when it nags me um mm. which is nagging me right now so it's, a, it's approximately every two weeks aperture priority or shutter priority thoughts and why well, for me, it's a- for me, it's aperture, but it's not for you, though, is it? Mm, well, I would say, I mean, often I'll shoot in P mode, but aperture priority is probably more what I would use than shutter priority. But it does depend, doesn't it? If you're looking for some motion blur or something, then you're going to go into shutter priority. But yeah. typically, yeah, I mean, I'd use aperture to, to kind of close the exposure down or something. And Nikon, 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 what do we say? Nikon. Has been facing huge fiscal losses. How might they survive? How are we supposed to know the answer to that one? oh listen i don't think it's just them i think it's photography in general i mean all of them even before the covid thing came along they were all getting in the neck from uh phones you know mobile phones the the advert we have on the tv at the moment for i think it's the new sony or might be a samsung phone or something i don't know and and basically it's the, the the song is uh incredible camera brilliant battery life and some other slogan it doesn't mention making phone calls at all and it's mm. all about 4k and and they, they they've got this kid jumping into a swimming pool and yeah. this woman films it and then she zooms in and she puts changes the background and everything it's like whoa that's in, you know incredible yeah. uh, 
so yeah, I think I don't think it's just Nikon, 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 who are struggling in that respect. Oh. But hopefully, all of them will will yeah. come back and uh, be stronger. And also, what you have to remember is that for a lot of these companies, not so much Nikon, but certainly Canon, Sony, Fujifilm. The mirrorless cameras are only a teeny part of their business. Mm. You know, teeny part. I mean, mm. Sony and their TVs and hi-fis yeah, and you still yeah. call them hi-fis these days. Yeah, I think so. Samsung and their televisions, Fujifilm and their medical stuff and, you know, all the other stuff that they do. So it's not it's not a huge thing. But True. I think Nikon is probably more exposed than others because mm. it's their core business, I would have thought. Yeah. I certainly don't know of any other products that Nikon make apart from, like, projectors and things well he did um he did also send in by the way um a really a really cool tech free tuesday question about monty python which we'll uh, which we'll get to. we've only got one more tech free tuesday though kev to be honest now i don't yes. think we're going to be able to get through all the questions so what we'll do those that we don't use we'll save up and we'll start using on the on the monday show here and there as well won't we so that'll be uh, uh, but he, he, he did a lot of research on this one by the looks of it. But um, anyway, thank you, Christopher Kit Griffin from Vancouver. He had a PS, a photographer who really needs more views. And maybe we could put this in the show notes today, Kev, is yeah. Al- Alistair Arthur. I met him some years ago in New York, and I'm amazed he isn't well known. It's, it's um, AlistairArthur.com, A-L-A-S-T-A-I-R, Arthur.com. And um, he hails he hails originally from this country. When you look at his travel stuff, you do the drop down on the travel says uh, you've got pictures of Venezuela. I think it's Venezuela. I'm doing this from memory now. Venezuela, and you think, oh, that sounds very exotic. And then Bognor Regis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't sound. Quite, I, uh, quite I spent sad. a lot of time in Bognor. Did you? For one reason or the other. Mm. Um, but that, that that raises an interesting point actually about being well known. And, mm. and yeah, quite. I, I did look at that link also, and it is beautiful pictures. But, you know, I think, I often think, what what's best, to be well-known or to be earning good money? There's a lot of people yeah. who are not well-known to other photographers yeah. who just sit back and count their shekels. And, you know, being, being well-known in the photography industry is, to some people, that's their, uh, you know, that's all they're interested in. It's like, I, I want to be able to, you know, go on stage and talk about my work and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, which is fine, of course. Yeah. I mean, I do that, you do that. But... That's not really the objective, is it? The objective is no. to make good pictures and sell them. And there's a lot, there's a lot of snobbery about that, particularly in the landscape world. Oh dear, I might be opening a can of worms here. But last night I was talking to a photographer, and we were looking through um, Peter Lick's site. Now, Peter causes a great amount of angst amongst the photographic community that look at his work and say, "Well, it's, it's not, it's not all that." It's, well, look at that. Well, I could do better myself. Um, you know who I'm talking about, don't you, Peter Lick? No, I don't uh, actually. Look at it. Look it up. Get, uh, in front of your computer now. Is it L I C K? No, L I K. Oh, yeah, yeah, that does ring a bit more. Of a Peter bell. Lick. I know when you'll see it, you'll say, "Oh, yeah, I know him." Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. This is the guy that creates um, an awful. Well, by by doing limited edition prints mainly, he creates this an enormous interest in his work, and um, by, by 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 you know. By taking away the opportunity for you to buy it, you're more inclined to say, I want it now. And he was the man that had my, uh, the first million dollar um, landscape print, wasn't he, or something like right. that? Right, of the Rhine, of the river. Mm. Was it one of the river? It yeah, might, it might have been okay. that one, yeah. I can't yes, remember yeah. Which, which. But yeah, yeah. So, so Emperor's New Clothes is, is something that's often mooted when, when folk talk about Peter Lick. And you look at his work there, I'm sure you've got the website open now, and you'll be looking at it thinking, well, these are beautiful pictures. But if, well, I, were, if I were a landscape specialist, I might be saying, oh, yeah, but. Pff, really i could do this but the thing is you didn't peter did quite exactly and it's 
95% business, 5% taking pictures. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. Good luck to Peter Lick. It's well worth going to look at his site. And, uh, oh, let us know what you think. <laughs> really. I'm, looking at, yeah. I'm looking at his secret passage now, which is oh. valued at £4,950. I think anybody's secret passage should be, <laughs> should be valued at £4,900 or whatever it was. <laughs> It's a lovely picture. <laughs> I'm sure it is. We're back to those weird weddings you go to. Anyway, uh, on that note, I, th- I think that's it for another day. Or oh, weekend coming up. We have a special guest on Saturday. Uh, I'm thinking about Ask Andreas being on, on Sunday. It seems to be sensible. But we'll be chatting over the weekend anyway, won't we, Kev? So, so uh, uh, go grab a beer. I think it's beer o'clock, isn't it? And speak to you tomorrow. Bye, Kev. Bye-bye. The Fujicast is an independent Loading Zone production. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye.